Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. I hope you'll listen to our past podcast conversations, and if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. My new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, is now available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, and any online book retailer you prefer. Check out Drive Your Career today. Our podcast today is sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies. Based in Woburn, Massachusetts, Cabot Risk Strategies has created innovative and customized insurance strategies for individuals and families, businesses, nonprofits, commercial real estate, and public entities. Cabot's client base continues to expand both within the region and within the markets they serve. And if you are looking for customized insurance services and solutions, contact Cabot at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. I'm really excited to introduce our next guest on Be Brave at Work. Karen Laus would tell you what she has learned through her experiences in life really comes down to three things. And these are three things that her mom taught her about how to treat people. Be direct, be honest, and be kind. And these are three things that we talk about often on Be Brave at Work. And I hope that we'll talk a little bit about it today. Karen teaches high-achieving women to speak with confidence and clarity. She has 25 years of experience specializing in communication for companies such as NASA, Google, Facebook, Netflix, Sephora, Fidelity, Bacardi, United Healthcare, Sony, and Uber. And Karen is the best-selling author of two great books, Trust Your Own Voice, Growing Your Influence Through Confident Communication, and Invisible No More, Stepping Into the Spotlight. And on top of all that, Karen is also the host of a podcast, Ignite Your Confidence. Karen, welcome to Be Brave at Work. Thank you, Ed. Glad to be here. And I did a little bit of a light intro of you, and I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more about yourself and how you're currently interacting in the marketplace. Sure, absolutely. Well, I'll start right off with the fact that I'm on a mission to reach 10 million women in the next 10 years, specifically to overcome self-doubt. I want to eradicate it from the world because for too long, even though I was in the corporate world in a leadership position, I actually held back quite a bit more than I would like or care to admit. Too often, I let people pleasing get in the way. I let fear of judgment and simply wondering if I would rock the boat. All these things that held me back from really sharing my voice. And that's really why I wrote the book, Trust Your Own Voice. But It stems from a much bigger thing that I am wanting to do in the world, focusing on equipping women with the tools, practical strategies to stand out and ultimately to speak up. So that's really where my heart is. And I'm so grateful to have had the experience that I had all throughout my career, specifically in helping people communicate to influence through executive presence as well as storytelling. Well, it sounds like a great area to focus your time and energy. And of course, I think you would agree that men as well as women have self-doubt. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. And I'm curious, I think our listeners would love to hear a little bit more. And certainly the reasons may be obvious, but why 
why do women have self-doubt, right? I mean, and I don't mean to open up some big can of worms that's obvious, but, you know, when you focus on self-doubt for women in the workplace, uh, you know, where is it coming from? Why does it even exist in the first place? Yeah, boy, that that I, I wish I had all of the answers for that. But I will tell <laughs> you what I have been astounded by how many people have had similar experiences as me. Now, most of the women that I serve are over 40, but also these things seem to happen in all ages and truly all genders, if we think about it, these these things where we doubt ourselves. And when I think back to my childhood, I grew up with a father who was very controlling, very much the authority figure. And I'm the last of nine kids. So my mom stayed at home and she at in the home was submissive to him pretty much what I learned through modeling in my parents' relationship was that my voice didn't matter. And yet I had this mom that in the public eye was a powerhouse. She volunteered and my dad wouldn't let her work, but she volunteered in lots of different organizations and she was a leader in the community. And then you add the mixed messages as well from my dad teaching me at six years old at a flea market, giving me a few dollars saying, Hey, Go have fun, but never pay full price. So I had this dynamic of always ask for what you want. Be confident. Step into your confidence. And then I had this modeling, though. And so I'm speaking from my experience, but a lot of people have had maybe not the exact same experience, but this idea that, wow, we don't want to be judged. We want to make sure that whatever we say comes out perfectly And I think just inherently in society, we all want to look good. And in fact, there's a whole book on it called The Knowing Doing Gap, where these two guys, Pfeffer and Sutton out of Stanford, came up with a bunch of research that they did around organizations. But the thing that really stands out to me about that, because I used to teach from that book, were the three things that what they found is that all human beings are most committed to is being right being in control and looking good. Relate to all of those significantly having been a former, you know, corporate employee. And, you know, I think also if you look back historically and, you know, oftentimes when I go into client organizations, especially if they've been around 50 to 75 years, you know, all the pictures of board of director members or leaders, at least from the 1990s or earlier, were all white men. Right. And, you know, women just did not have the opportunity to play a role. And, you know, one of our past podcast participants reminded us that it wasn't until the 1960s or 1970s that women could even open a bank account on their own. That it sounds so crazy to hear it today, but you had to have your husband's authority. Right. It's just crazy, crazy stuff yet. Uh, And so I know we're in the kind of early stages and I know people are frustrated that it's taking so long. And we have statistics like 50 percent of college graduates, you know, all these significant numerical type of analyses being done on the female population. And yet still the the existence of females in leadership roles, the existence of females in board of director roles still feel like 1980, right? One or two yes. here or there. Yes. Uh, you know, when you look at org charts for organizations, a female is typically in HR or marketing, uh, you know, the very specific type roles. There's, there are variations, but, you know, it, it's still existing in those roles. And I'm just wondering if you have any you know, thoughts or observations on your experiences or uh, the existence of gender influence as it relates to women being braver at work and feeling more confident to say what's on their mind. 
Yeah, boy, a flood of things are coming to mind. And I'm, I'm thinking immediately about a story. Many years back, I remember I was a corporate trainer and one of our jobs during the training and we co-facilitated was to empty the trash in the room at midpoint. It was a small company so and we had large groups of people, so we had to dump the trash. And I remember saying to my boss at the end of the day, hey, it was it was kind of a bummer that so-and-so didn't empty the trap, the trash, and that was his job that day. And, and she said, oh, well, he's a guy. Kind of like dismissing it that guys didn't have to do that. And I was thinking, what? <laughs> at the time, I remember it didn't feel right to me, but I didn't have the gumption at the time to say anything to my boss. And that's truly... Again, if we go back to all the gender things that are going on in that short story, I didn't feel comfortable saying anything that, hey, that doesn't feel right to me. This is a job. (laughs) And we're both here doing the same job last time I checked. And yet this bias from her of, well, you know, her, her undercurring bias, at least again, the story that I told myself is that, well, women are more attuned to the, the trash in the room and the, the idea of picking up. And I thought, oh my gosh. And the fact that I accepted that then grieves me a little bit today because I still was a full-fledged adult. <laughs> and yet these little things that happen, sometimes we go, huh, that didn't feel right in the moment, but we often don't say anything. And I've noticed that I hear that story, not, not the same story, but the same idea of people not saying something where they they just feel in their gut, something doesn't feel right. And again, this goes for everybody. doesn't matter if you're a female or, or what it's simply being aware of, okay, what is going on around me? And also what can I control? What is within my control? Where is it appropriate for me to speak up and say something? And that's also the thing that I'm always working with women on specifically is that if we're, if we're too strong, we can be perceived as, you know, the B word, And then yet, if we're too soft, we can look like a pushover. So there is a very fine line. And and I'll tell you, I don't usually talk a lot, believe it or not, about gender roles and and the, the perception or the reality and the reality. But my focus is really, how can I equip women with the most practical strategies to be able to show up as their most powerful selves? And that's really my focus. Well, I love that story. If we could go back to that just for a couple of minutes, because, you know, we we recognize when we think about bravery at work that there's really two types of events that might happen. One is what we call in the moment where like that just happened and it's just happening at that moment. And you have an opportunity to make a choice as to say something or not say something. And then others are more planned, right? That, hey, you know, my boss is having a negative impact on the team and I think I should say something. So here's what I'm going to say and here's what I'm going to say. Right. We can plan it and be a little bit more thoughtful when you think about that moment. And I, I'd like to talk about it for a couple of minutes, Karen, because sure. I think most of our listeners probably have had this moment. I'm sure if I thought about it, I've had in the moment bravery opportunities where someone said something or did something that was so opposite to what I thought and I didn't say anything, right? Now I look back with regret or grievance saying, gee, I wish I had done something different. So when you look back on that, and if you can to some degree, even if it didn't fit at the moment, you know, what could you have done differently that would allow you today to look back and say, hey, this happened in the moment and here's what I did that I feel really good about? Yeah, I love that we're unpacking this. What I would have said differently is, hey, that 
that doesn't quite feel right to me. Again, keep in mind that I reported to her and she was also the head of the company. Right. This so is to, not a small player that right, uh, exactly. you're a conversation with, right? Yeah. And, and it was interesting, too, when I think about her response, it was so definitive. It was so authoritative that at that time, I didn't even feel comfortable. And so what I would have loved to have now coached my younger self to do is to simply start with a gentler form. It doesn't have to be, you know, that's not right. I mean, that's, that's not going to get you anywhere with whoever, you know, you got to, if we think about influence, we need to communicate in a way that is going to resonate and relate to our audience. So I wish I had said something about that. Hey, wait, I think we're both in the same roles, right? (laughs) I mean, even just gently challenged her thinking to say, Hey, stop for just a second and bring up something like, Hey, that, that doesn't quite feel right to me. I, I believe we're both in the same roles. The last time I checked, and and I knew that, but it goes back to giving someone the benefit of the doubt to respond as opposed to saying something, well, we're both in the same roles and this isn't right. And we don't want to come at from that angle, but just simply inquiring. And I think that this is actually a really great reminder to ask questions and be curious. So starting with that, to be curious about why she would say that, but you don't have to say, why, why did you say that? But hey, help me understand that comment a little bit more because the last time, you know, my understanding is we both have the same role. Well, absolutely. And, you know, a couple of things I'd like to reflect on for a second, Karen, that you mentioned. One is I love this word feel or feeling, right? I think that is a softer way of saying, hey, you know, that's not, you know, that doesn't feel right to me right now. Can we talk about this for a minute? Right. It's just a softer way. And I agree with you. You don't want to hit the person across the head with a two by four saying, I can't believe you just said that. Or don't you realize what you just said? Right. It's more like, hey, you know, that's not feeling right for me at this moment. And the second thing is, I I do think you have to ask for permission to talk about it, because that person, as the big chief player, this might be the last thing they want to talk about at this moment, right? They may have so many things in their mind right now. They're like, you know, I can't even get into this with you right now. So you do want to say, hey, can we talk about this for a minute? And they might say, absolutely. You know, this isn't having the impact that I thought it would. Let's talk about it. Or, hey, I'd love to, but I've got to get to another meeting. Can you come see me later? Right. But don't just go in. And say, hey, I'm. We're talking about this. We're talking about it now. Right. Because it might be something that they want to talk about, but they just can't at that moment. This reminds me of the concepts of emotional intelligence. Really being aware and attuned in the moment. Am I attuned to how I'm showing up? And then the second step is: Am I aware of how I'm showing up related to people around me? In other words is this the right time or not? And having the judgment to be able to do that. And then one thing, I know you've got a second one that you wanted to bring up. One thing I wanted to add to that is for anybody listening, it's never too late to bring this up. In other words, let's say you're stewing this in your head. And then two months later, you realize, gosh, this is still really bugging me. As much as it feels awkward to come back, being just being honest and saying that, hey, could we talk about? I know this was a while ago, but there's something that's still sitting with me, and I'd like to talk about this so that I can understand your perspective a little bit more. And when you come from the angle of, I want to understand your perspective rather than dumping yours immediately, then you're going to be able to have a much better dialogue so that then you can share your perspective, but only after you've heard theirs. 
Well, again, I love that way of approaching it and to say, you know, something doesn't feel right with me. And I'd like to hear more about your perspective. I'm a big fan of Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And my number one habit is number five, which is seek first to understand, then to be understood. Right. And too often we go in saying, well, first you're going to understand me. And then if we have time, I'll work to understand you. Right. Because we're so... (laughs) confident with what are, you know, uh, close to what it is that we're thinking and want to say that we don't think we need to understand the other person. And I think if we flip it, and we should flip it, and I'm glad that you're reminding our listeners to flip it to say, I'd love to understand where you're coming from a little bit more that might help me, right? And you're you're sort of talking a little bit about my, my second point, which is, sometimes you have to pick your battle. And even though what happened to you, you know, offended you in a slight way, it might not be the moment or the topic that you pick to say, hey, that didn't feel right to me. Uh, There are other things happening in the world and other things happening in your career and other things happening in the company. And it just might not be the right topic to pick on. Uh, You know, is that something that you think about and say, you know, it's not like every time something happens, you have to go at it and say, hey, that wasn't right. That wasn't right. That wasn't right. You do. And I think this is part emotional intelligence need to understand you know, how does it fit? Where does it fit? Uh, if it happens again, this is how I'll handle it. And I can reference back to this event and say, hey, this is not the first time I've seen it. There was that last meeting where you said, oh, he's a guy, you know, he doesn't have to do that. <laughs> right. Whatever. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on that, Karen? Well, first of all, I love that you brought up Stephen Covey because that is a book I quote. I mean, I quote him a lot and specifically around the seek first to understand. And I feel like that cannot be emphasized enough. And especially in heated moments where we're frustrated, we feel like we want to just share our opinion. And the hard part is that can end up sabotaging us. So this is why it is so important to have the discernment antennae on (laughs) to be aware, okay, when is the best time to bring this up? And to not come with, you know, with everything that you've got to just dump on someone. But This goes for any conversation, particularly in a conflict scenario of how can I come at this with, wow, I might be also making some assumptions and most likely we are because we're human beings and we're wired to do that. But if I stop and ask and get curious, then I might actually learn something that will change my whole perception based on what the person has said. And that has happened to me a number of times where I was so sure I was right about a scenario that was frustrating. And then I have the conversation and realize, oh, they never even got that email. Or, wow, I completely missed this. Yeah, yeah. And my years as a human resource leader, I would have a manager come into my office saying, Ed, we have to terminate Karen. And I've had enough. And then once, and I mean, they think they're right. Yes. Got to go. And I'm not suggesting (laughs) they're not right. But when you unpack it a little bit, suddenly things aren't exactly as they are presenting it to be or we're not at that point of termination. Right. So once you work to understand, okay, let's stop, you know, let's pause where we are. Let's go back a little bit and tell me a little bit more about what's happening and the conversations that you've had with this person and where you right? It becomes a little bit clearer. Yes. Where you are and what that you need to do. So, Karen, it has been great chatting with you today on Be Brave at Work. And if folks want to find out more about your work uh, and the books you've written, where can they go? Yes, my website is the best place. It's KarenLaus.com. And that's K-A-R-E-N-L-A-O-S.com. Great. And your newest book, I believe, is called Trust Your Own Voice, Growing Your Influence Through Confident Communication. 
Yes. I always say that I wrote a book that I would read because I like to get straight to the meat. I I open chapters and go, oh, I want to read that. So every chapter in the book is self-contained. If you want help on how to stop rambling and get to the point, you can go to the chapter that that is the focus on or executive presence or whatever it is that you're looking to do. And one thing that I'll say based on the conversation that we've had so far is I have a chapter in there that has a lot of sentence prompts specifically for any conversation that you might be having, basically what to say as a prompt. Fantastic. Look, uh, first of all, I know a lot of clients who are ramblers. And so <laughs> I, uh, uh, when I read that chapter, if, uh, if I think it's a fit, I'll make a, a referral to purchase the book so they can read about that. And discussion prompts are super important. You know, I truly believe that oftentimes people are not brave at work because they don't know how to start the sentence. They right. don't know how to walk into their boss's office and say, hey, Karen, can I talk to you for a couple of minutes about something that I think it'll be important for you to know this in order to influence your career in a positive way? I don't even know how to say that. I think I have to go in and say, hey, something you're doing is wrong and it doesn't feel good. And so I don't right. do it. Right. Exactly. Well, I have to admit, Ed, I have to say that I'm also a recovering rambler. So I I wrote that chapter with love (laughs) as someone that can totally relate to it. (laughs) Love and reflection. Yes, exactly. Well, Karen, once again, thank you so much for being a guest on Be Brave at Work. Thank you, Ed. And to our listeners, thank you for joining us today. And we hope you join us on our next podcast conversation as we further explore being brave at work. We also remind you to subscribe to our podcast at BeBraveAtWork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on multiple online platforms. We are everywhere. Our podcast today was sponsored by Cabot Risk Strategies, whom you can reach at 800-222-5963 or visit them for more information at cabotrisk.com. And a reminder to check out my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Own Success, which is available in paperback, on Kindle, and in audio everywhere online. Do you have something to say, yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do, yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.